live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. If you missed the 4 o'clock hour of the Sports Huddle, you missed zero baseball talk. I can't believe I'm saying that. As a baseball lover and a baseball guy, whenever I go like back-to-back segments without talking a little baseball, AJ starts flipping out. I went the whole hour with no baseball talk, and it flew by as AJ said, at least to he and I it did. Hope it did to all of you. And if you missed the first hour of the Sports Huddle, you missed college and pro football talk and some swimming talk with the Richmond Region Tourism spearheading the event that's coming to Swim RVA this weekend and some college basketball schedule news talk. And one of the most impressive hype men I've heard in a long time in Adam. Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? God. I can tell right away, yeah. He called himself, what, a swimming geek? He was I like, think. we we overachieve here. Like, I was like, man, I'm feeling it. Or no, no, punch up. Did he say he, punch up his weight class? What did he say? I don't know. Something like, he used cadre, too. They have a cadre of people that put this event on. That was a great word. So, yeah. And I didn't know what a fast pool was. And, man, do I know now. You know, I'm like, don't swimmers just make the pool fast? Isn't I, water just water? But, I didn't know that either, but he was I, literally like, well, I'm glad someone <laughs> finally asked because my wife's tired of hearing it. Yeah, exactly. So now we know that Swim RVA is a fast pool. Maybe some records will be set, and hopefully some swimmers will be on their way um, to the Olympics. But, look, if I was ever going to talk baseball on a local Front Now, we consider the Atlanta Braves local because we carry the Braves games, and the Richmond Braves used to be here, you know, a decade ago now, more than more than that. So there's that local aspect to the Braves. But the two teams closest to us, I'm not sure. You know, in the past, we used to play a game in the past when, when uh, it was the old Black and Drew sports auto when Andrew Wallace was co-hosting with me. If the Nationals and the Orioles both won, like, on the same day, we we made we had to talk about it because they were both so terrible for for so long that them both winning on the same day was like a red letter day on the calendar it didn't happen that much well now you got the Orioles that are going great guns the Nationals still aren't but this past weekend was about as good as it could possibly get for the two of them combined the Orioles and they both did something that they haven't done in years literally uh, the Orioles took three out of four in Tampa against the team that started 13-0 and and was running away with the American League East, and now they're two games behind the Orioles in the American League East. Boston now, I mean, Baltimore has the best record in the American League, 61-38. Uh, and They took three out of four at the Trop in Tampa, which is a hard place to play, not because they pack it with people, but just because it's so... Uh, downcast such an ugly building such a terrible place to play indoors kind of dimly lit it's just a bad place and they won three out of four that's why it's a home advantage to tampa i mean it's it's a terrible place but it's their terrible place we used to say that all the time about veterans stadium in philly it's a dump but it's our dump and you you make it what it is and tampa's like 36 and 18 at home so what were they 35 and 15 at home going into that series, and the Orioles 
took three out of four from them. My guy Steve Molesky, who covers the Orioles, does a great job on radio and for Masson Sports and MassonSports.com. Listen to these notes that he had about the Orioles taking three out of four. So going into the season, first of all, the Orioles had lost 15 straight series at the Trop. Okay, that's gone. They won three out of four. Between 20 and 22, between 2020 and 2022, they were 3-18 and 18 against the Rays in Tampa. The last time they won a series there was 2017, middle of June in 2017. Uh, I'll give you a couple more numbers. Steve did a great job on this one. He always does a great job. i got to ring him up and get him back on. I wonder if he's in Philly this week because the O's and Phillies are playing a three-game series uh, tonight, tomorrow, Wednesday at Citizens Bank Park. Between August of 2020 and April of 2022, the Orioles were 2-27 and against the Rays. They've played 15 times since, since the resurgence of the Orioles. Last year was certainly a resurgence year, and this year is just a great year. The O's are 15-10. and So you talk about a turnaround. That's pretty big-time stuff for the Baltimore Orioles. So that's one. Now the Nationals who still stink this year, but it's not as bad a stink as maybe you thought it would be. And they're coming off a three-game sweep of the San Francisco Giants at Nats Park in front of their home crowd, which I think is a really good thing for them. So the Nats, and I'll tell you what, Lane Thomas uh, was just going crazy. I mean, he had four stolen bases yesterday, and the Nats recorded their first series sweep in nearly two years against anybody uh, and a team that's really good and in the playoff picture for the wild card in the San Francisco Giants. Um, So that will bolster the Washington Nationals as well. I could have made this a trivia question. I think this would have been a little bit hard, though. A four-steal game for Lane Thompson. Thomas, it's the fourth four-steal game since the Nationals moved to Washington in 2005. The last one to do it was Michael A. Taylor, and the other guy to do it, man, I'd like to go off on this guy for a little bit. Henderson? Is, no, he didn't play for the Nationals. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, for the Nationals. But I know what you're saying. Ricky Henderson, he's the greatest base stealer of all time. He told us that when he became the greatest base stealer of all time. No, Trey Turner, who did it twice in 2017. And, and I guess I'm going to go off on a, on a different path here for just a moment. If you watch the Phillies at all, I just cannot believe how bad Trey Turner is. I mean, he is absolutely horrible. And yet I love the guy, and we couldn't all be wrong because everybody, I don't think there was a a dissenting soul there that said the Phillies shouldn't sign Trey Turner. Like there were four star shortstops, free agent shortstops last year. You might have had a different favorite one. But, Trey, you wouldn't have said, no, don't take Trey Turner. He's horrible. And he has just been so bad, I feel like there's something wrong with him. I really do. Like, I don't even know if it's a physical inch. Like, I think he needs to get an eye exam. I know that sounds flippant and, and kind of sarcastic and facetious, but it's not. He has swung at so many pitches, not even out of the strike zone, but, like, in the dirt out of the strike zone this year. And I, I don't know, or 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 just give him a, a day off or something. I don't know. He had two hits yesterday, so who knows? 
But if you watch the Phillies on a day-in, day-out basis and you watch the Nationals on a day-in, day-out basis when he was there, those two guys aren't the same guy. There's just no way they're the same guy. So anyway, Trey Turner did it twice, four steals in a game, Michael A. Taylor, and now Lane Thomas yesterday. And the Nats swept the San Francisco Giants. So in a year in which they're going to finish last, even as bad as the Mets are, A.J., they're not going to catch Washington for last in the National League East, I, I don't think. Washington is 41-58. and 58, The Mets are 46-53 and 53 and going nowhere. And A.J. and I were talking during the break. Uh, even Justin Verlander's name has been mentioned there as possible trade bait with the trade deadline coming in a week on, um, on August 1st. So kudos to the Nationals for sweeping the Giants, and kudos to the Orioles on taking three out of four from Tampa Bay, and now they get a series in Philadelphia. And one other note on the Nats, um, they went on the uh, Giants. They went from Washington. They start a series at home tomorrow. Uh, They had to make a pit stop today in Detroit. They had a game um, rained out or snowed out maybe in in, uh, December. Listen to me. In um, in April, and they picked today as the makeup day. I guess both teams were off today, so for the uh, for the Tigers, uh, they were playing at home, so that that made it a little bit more palatable for them, and they won. The Tigers beat the Giants, so the Giants are on a skid right now. Tigers won that game five to one. All right, there's a little more baseball news. I'm going to hold off on it for a bit here. Involving the Braves, they've already made a couple of trades, not blockbuster trades. Um, not Shohei Otani-like trades, but just a couple of guys to help their bullpen, which they, they could need. And one of our conversations with one of our Braves folks, um, that was brought up, that if the Braves needed anything, they probably needed a little more pitching depth in their bullpen. And it looks like they've gotten it, again, not frontline guys, but guys that are going to add some depth and that sort of thing. I'll get into that on the other side of the break. And, again, the Braves are off tonight. They start a series in Boston at Fenway Park tomorrow. And, yes, the American League East still – Every team is over 500. And not only over 500, but I think you could argue significantly over five. I mean, six games over 500. Both Boston and the Yankees are tied for fourth at 53 and 47. Um, so those are, those are decent, respectable records. They're eight and a half games out of first and two out of the wild card spot. Um, so it's getting kind of interesting for all those teams. Yankees and Mets, by the way, the next couple of days, not tonight, but uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, the uh, Subway Series as they call it, Yankees and Mets uh, coming up. All right, 5 o'clock hour. Here's what's coming up on the Sports Huddle. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure he'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Drive Home Headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not confident in your heating and cooling provider, switch to James River Air. You can save up to 30% online at jamesriverair.com for more Info, James Madison picked in the coaches poll in the Sunbelt Conference to win the East. Remember, they were picked sixth last year in their first year in the Sunbelt, first year at FBS. They wound up winning the East. Coaches aren't going to make that mistake again. They got them number one. Old Dominion still number seven, which is where they were picked 
a year ago. They do have the preseason defensive player of the year in junior linebacker Jason Henderson. Sunbelt has its media days tomorrow and Wednesday. ACC will have uh, all of that starting tomorrow in Charlotte. Three days of media days, Virginia, Virginia Tech on Wednesday. Our Matt Josephs is on his way to Charlotte. He'll be at those media days, and he gets the full three hours for that tomorrow and Wednesday from 3 to 6 to bring you all of the conversations from ACC Media Days. Matt's actually going to join us at 5.30 this afternoon on his way down there to kind of preview what he's got planned, the people he'll be talking with, uh, what the atmosphere will be like down there as the ACC gets ready for its kickoff to the 2023 season. So Matt Josephs on the Sports Huddle with us at 5.30. Uh, coming up after the break, I've got a trivia question for you to give away our Yeti Rambler, courtesy of Green Top, great for tailgating and whatnot. Um, and it is going to be a question involving the uh, announced today Kansas-North Carolina Battle of the Blue Bloods basketball series, the home-and-home series between the Jayhawks and the Tar Heels that will be played each of the next two seasons, next year and the following season, next year at Fog Allen Fieldhouse in Kansas, in Lawrence, Kansas, and then in 25 in the Dean Dome in Chapel Hill. Um, Could be a little bit of a tough question. I don't know, but we'll see. And we'll try and give away the uh, Yeti Rambler. And uh, if not, if uh, we don't have great basketball aficionados out there, uh, we'll pick a number and we'll we'll give it away. But darn it, we're giving one away, courtesy of Green Top this afternoon. Quarter after five on the Sports Huddle. Back with the question, probably a little more baseball talk and some football talk as we have training camps getting underway and media days at the college level as well. Thanks for joining us Monday afternoon. It is a pretty much sun splashed Monday afternoon, and we're glad you've locked in with us today on 1061 ESPN. The Big Al life advice or the newest thing Matt Josephs hates? We've got you covered. You can find replays of all our shows and interviews on our website at ESPNRichmond.com. ESPNRichmond.com or on the iHeartRadio app. Just search. Just search. 1061 ESPN Richmond. give something else away i love doing this um we thank our listeners all the time or we try to we just haven't in a while and as i said we've had an opportunity to open up the prize closet a little bit this week and uh, that's always fun to do so we gave away a couple passes to beer bourbon and barbecue on saturday and we'll do that again before this week is out even with us not being on the air the next couple days uh with this part of the sports saddle matt josephs will have it all from acc kickoff acc football media days uh the next couple of days at least but we'll have opportunity to give them away we got a uh, yeti rambler courtesy of our friends up there at green top uh big sporting goods uh, outfit obviously uh so let's do this uh, it really isn't that hard i don't think it's just a little bit more involved than just like a one word answer which is what we had on the trivia question in the four o'clock hour um 804-327 0888 is the number to call. Again, got to call this one, not text. And uh, if you're a winner, AJ will get your info, and we'll we'll get the uh, Yeti to you. Uh, so I mentioned Kansas and North Carolina. Uh, Blue Bloods of college basketball are going to play uh, a home-and-home. Home. The next, Not this year, but the next two years. First one in Lawrence, Kansas, and then in Chapel Hill in 2025. And obviously they have had great players and they've had great coaches. They've only met 12 times, and the series is even at 6-6. There are three Hall of Fame coaches that have been involved with both schools. 
Give me two of those three. It's pretty easy if you think of any coach at either Kansas or Carolina. It's probably a chance that it's happened somehow. Three Hall of Fame coaches have been a part of both schools. Uh, give me two of the three. And I'll tell you what, as a bonus, if you can tell me how they were intertwined, A.J. will personally autograph the Yeti Rambler for you. That will make it unbelievably valuable. Any collector would like to have that. I'm, I'm kind of kidding about that part. But A.J. is ready with the Sharpie to autograph it for you if you'd like. 804-327-0888. Three Hall of Fame coaches have basically represented, I guess is a good word, both schools. Give me two of those three coaches. They should all roll right off the tip of your tongue. Um, very obvious names at, at both at both places. And uh, let, let's let's uh, let's not take any shy people here, AJ. Let's put them on the air and, and see if they know it, and say hello to some of our listeners and see if they got it. All right. So when you get somebody, you just let me know. And we'll we'll get them on the air as we have time because we do have Matt coming up at five thirty, um, so we do do need to get to the break, kind of as quickly as, as possible. So um, when we get one, we'll do it. Okay, three Hall of Fame coaches, both Carolina and Kansas. Who are the three? Well, give me two of the three if you got them, and we'll give away that Yeti that Yeti Rambler again. Like I said, I think it's a great series um, for them. Uh, and, and for college basketball. And they're not playing it like at Madison Square Garden or something like that. They're playing it in those buildings. By the way, speaking of that, um, I had conversation with a couple of friends, at least a couple, who are VCU fans as well. And they, they asked the same question I asked last week. When VCU announced its schedule with no true away games, whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. And I think it's a little of each. I want to get back to that in a moment because I felt a little bit – vindicated that it wasn't just me asking the question it was uh, actual vcu fans who wondered about that a lot right, let me go to the phone see if we can get a winner here and give away this yeti rambler bernard bernard thank you for calling yes how you doing today i'm great how are you thanks for listening and thanks for calling in thank you yep i, I i'm gonna choose dean smith as one and roy williams as the other yeah those two for sure pretty easy there can you think of the third one bernard I'm, I've been sitting here thinking about it the whole time you were talking. I could not think of the third one. And he is an older guy, and I mean that respectfully, and he's coached almost everywhere in both the NBA and in college basketball. That would be Larry Brown. Larry Brown. Larry Brown, of there course. You go. Larry Brown, yep. Yeah, and, and, and he, yep. he has been everywhere, right? He has that. Yep, Larry Brown's been a good coach for a long time. So. Long, long time. Yep, so, I'm surprised I couldn't think of him. Yeah, but the first two that you mentioned are two pretty obvious ones. I agree with Dean Smith uh, and Roy Williams. So Dean Smith played on Kansas's championship team in 52 and then, of course, coached Carolina for 36 years. Larry Brown played for and was an assistant under Smith for the Tar Heels, and then he coached Kansas to a national championship in 88. And you mentioned Roy Williams. Yep. Kansas coach for 14 years, then went back to his alma mater and coached at Carolina, and obviously had great success at both places. Good job, Bernard. You excited yeah. already for college basketball? Oh, oh yeah. I look at a little college basketball, but right now I'm geared up for, uh, for NFL, to be honest with you. I'm a big NFL fan. Cowboys. Go Cowboys. Cowboys. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So, 
So do the commanders scare you now, now that they have a new owner and everything, or what? Well, you know, I tell you the truth, you know, they've, they've been so dormant so long, I'm kind of glad <laughs> that they got some new blood in there, hopefully get some competition in there and, and get that robbery back to where it was, you know? Wow, you sound like Jerry Jones. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but I hope so. I hope that rivalry does come back. They're playing on Thanksgiving again this year, so uh, I, I agree with that. Looking I hope, I hope it's to competitive. It. Yeah. All right, Bernard, hang on the line, and uh, AJ will get your okay. information. Thanks again for calling and, and for winning that uh, Yeti Rambler, courtesy of our friends at Green Top. Thank you, Bernard. All right, thank you, Bob. All right, thanks, man. That's how, call again. Don't be a stranger. That's how it goes. That's how easy it is. I like that. That was that was fun today. That uh, hopefully made Monday a little bit better for all of us. What do they say? It's better to give than receive. I think in this case, that's probably true. I really had fun giving away the tickets to the Beer Bourbon Barbecue Festival and giving away that Yeti Rambler as well. But those are those are three pretty big names, right? You, if you're any kind of college basketball fan or basketball fan, you would know that. Dean Smith, Roy Williams for sure, and Larry Brown as well brown i think he just signed on to to coach again somewhere i think i have to I have to look that up as to like where's i know he was with memphis right i guess i guess that's where he is still right now um at memphis i think anyway uh who who could keep up with him uh larry brown he's coached everywhere of course i remember him when he when he coached the sixers but i knew he was at memphis um last year and I think that's that's where he is at this point. If somebody knows better, you'll dial us up or text me and correct me about that. But I thought he left Memphis and maybe went somewhere in the NBA again. I'm not sure. All right, what I am sure is we're going to talk some ACC football. Uh, media days start tomorrow down in Charlotte. Matt Joseph is on his way down there. He's going to join us next with kind of a preview of what we'll be hearing over at least the next couple of days uh, when he takes all three hours of the afternoon airwaves here on 1061 ESPN and brings you ACC kickoff from Charlotte. On his way to Charlotte, Matt Joseph joins us next on the Sports Huddle. In Braves, well, keep us in mind. Follow the Atlanta Braves as they battle for a sixth straight division crown here on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Well, as we've mentioned throughout the program today, if you're any kind of football fan, uh, this is your week. This is Christmas in July, like it is tomorrow, because you got NFL training camps getting going, and you got college conferences hosting their media days. We've even got high schools getting ready to get started, and some preview coverage of that. Our buddies Lane and Sean at CBS 6 starting to churn those out as well. So, with that as a backdrop, we are headed to Charlotte for the ACC football kickoff that is now three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday. It begins tomorrow with Georgia Tech, Louisville, Miami, and Syracuse, the first four up. And our guy, Matt Joseph's host of Border to Border, is literally on his way to Charlotte as we speak. And hopefully he will come in loud and clear here. He certainly will the next couple of days when he takes three to six from ACC uh, Media Days down there in Charlotte. Matt, good afternoon. Hope you had a great vacation while you were gone. I did, Bob. I'm uh, just about to get on I-85 South, so uh, straight shot to uh, Charlotte from here. 
It sure is. It's one of the more boring rides out there, so hopefully it'll it'll stay boring for you. You won't have any issues, and you'll get there with plenty of time to spare and to get ready um, for tomorrow. All right, um, give us a little bit of an idea of what we're going to hear from you over the next two to three days of all these conversations because every team's bringing their coach and at least right, three players for each school, right? Yeah, there's uh, three players and a coach. Uh, I have my schedule. You'll be happy to know, Bob. Uh, my first guest tomorrow is one Dino Babers. Uh, I always put Syracuse number one, especially for a day like tomorrow, although Miami could have also been on my list. I do have a Miami player, but I am speaking to quite a few players on the Syracuse contingent. That's great. Uh, Dino Babers, head coach of Syracuse, uh, with their three players. I'm looking real quick. They're bringing uh, tight end, quarterback, and linebackers. you got well-representation there for Syracuse tomorrow. Our buddy Caesar would love for you to get somebody from the U if you could potentially do that tomorrow. What do you make of this three days now for the ACC, Matt? They've broken it up with four teams tomorrow and then five on Wednesday, including our two schools, and then five more on Thursday. Well, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, we, we all scoff at the SEC. What are they? That's like a whole week. Uh, I think the ACC is trying to be like uh, the SEC here. Um, you know, Sunbelt is two days, so it's a multiple-day thing. Obviously, getting rid of the divisions gives them a way to uh, split mm-hmm. this thing up. So uh, it's just a way to get a lot more coverage for a conference that I think might need a little bit more coverage uh, coming football season. All right. Interestingly, Matt, Virginia and Virginia Tech are both on the middle day on Wednesday, and I think that, I think there's only three schools that aren't bringing a quarterback to media days, and Virginia Tech is one of them. Even Virginia's bringing the transfer from Monmouth, Tony Musket, uh, to media day. What do you make of the fact that uh, Brent Pry will not be accompanied by a quarterback to media day? I mean, you know, uh, Grant Wells didn't exactly have a great season. I assume he's going to be installed the starter uh, entering camp. And then you've got Chiron Drones, the uh, Baylor transfer, who I think will be really intriguing. And I think the one thing that we're going to have to see if Brent Pry will do is if he will have a package for Chiron Drones, which I think could be a good thing and I think could also be a bad thing because we've seen in the past when Tech has gone to the Quincy Patterson package or some of these other guys, uh, it hasn't exactly gone well for them. All right, do you uh, do you have a, a musket on your list of interviews for Virginia? Because I think that's going to be a fascinating storyline, especially with no Jay Wolfick now at Virginia. It looks like it's his job, and will gaudy numbers at the FCS level translate in the ACC? Yes, I have uh, pretty sure every single UVA person, and I have uh, definitely every tech person live essentially from 3.30 to 4. So we will have a commercial-free half-hour of Hokies talk uh, with all the people, uh, starting with the coach himself, who has been very gracious with his time for us. Obviously, we have not spoken to uh, Justin Fuente and certainly Frank Beamer as much as we've spoken with Brent Pry uh, during his time at the school. Yeah, no, I think that's been great and and certainly intentional on Virginia Tech's part to to get him out there. And then one of your other Tech guests then will be Ali Jennings, right? The, uh, The wide receiver from right here in Richmond, West Virginia, Old Dominion, and now Virginia Tech. 
Yes, finally, Grant Wells will have a legitimate number one target, and we'll see how much of a difference that makes. They've also brought in this kid, Jalen Lane, uh, from Middle Tennessee, who is a very good wide receiver for uh, the Blue Raiders. Obviously, it's not going to make a lot of ripples to the common college football fan, but watching a lot of Conference USA uh, football, he is a very solid wide receiver. And uh, I think Tech's offense, well, let's just say this, it can't get much worse than it was last year, so I think there'll be some improvement from that side of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about that. Matt Joseph's uh, heading down I-85 on his way to Charlotte for ACC media kickoff the next the next few days. Uh, on the quarterback front, nobody's going to be more popular than Drake May, right? You're going to get an opportunity with him. I'm sure he will have hordes of reporters around him. Uh, I do not have Drake May. I have a different – I have his uh, tight end, I believe, is, uh, is the person from North Carolina that we'll be talking to. But, yeah, I mean, he's the guy that I'm pretty much going to pencil in as my ACC quarterback uh, on the first team. Uh, some people may vote for Tyler Van Dyke, of course, from Miami, but he was a little disappointing last year. But, yeah, Drake May just trying to be the next Sam Howell. A lot of focus will be on him uh, in Charlotte the next couple of days. So let me ask you about another quarterback, and I don't know if you'll get him or not, but there will certainly be some attention. And interestingly enough, they brought him with, and that's the ACC transfer from one school to another, from UVA to North Carolina State, Brennan Armstrong is going to be front and center. Yeah, and it's very interesting because between him and Phil Dracovic, who goes from Boston Mm -hmm. College to Pittsburgh, uh, a lot of ACC transfers. I thought it was interesting. I believe uh, Fentrell Cypress from Virginia went to North Carolina. We saw several other transfers from inside the conference. So, um, whereas I think this is frowned upon in the SEC, in the ACC, man, you have seen some high-impact transfers who are going to be playing each other. I will certainly ask the UVA contingent what it will be like to play against Brennan Armstrong in that game against NC State. Yeah, we won't have to wait long for that either. That's uh, at the end of September, September 22nd. So for UVA, that's uh, the fourth game of the year after Tennessee, JMU, and Maryland. Oh, Matt, speaking of JMU, I mean, you must be going an extra five miles an hour or something. you got to be super excited about JMU. Pick to win the East this year in the Sun Belt. Yeah, I mean, listen, I would have much rather gone to New Orleans. It would have been a, you know, a much costlier trip for me, probably, and we would have had to have raised more other than uh, the sponsors we have, which we absolutely love. But, yeah, very surprising. I just finished my preview for the Sun Belt, and, man, between App State and Coastal Carolina, who brings Grayson McCall back, and uh, Georgia Southern is going to be pretty good. Uh, the uh, Sun Belt only has like one or two bad teams in the conference. I was very surprised to see that James Madison was picked first. Was it overwhelming? What was the point list? Uh, let me go back and look real quick. It was significant. Uh, Troy got the most votes overall, and they were picked to win the West. Uh, let me go back down here real quick for you, because that's a great question. It was... Uh... Uh, yeah, they they were relatively you know solid as the as the number one team over there, um, but now nah, let me look at that. the top four teams separated by just ten points, so it was close. It was it was close I for think, I think the biggest question for Kirk Signetti is can he keep his team motivated for a second straight season? Because last year, of course, you had the carrot, you made the FBS level, you don't want to quit on the team. Um, you know, the bye weeks came in absolutely at perfect times, even though they lost to Louisville after their second bye. Can he keep this team motivated a second straight season without a Sunbelt championship game appearance, without a bowl game? I think that's going to test him the most this year. 
Yeah, although I think they've done a great job of grabbing on to what they can win, which is the East, and I think they made a big deal, obviously, out of it last year, and I think they'll make just as much of a big deal out of it this year. And I guess there's a, a little bit of a scenario where they could get a bowl game if there aren't enough teams that qualify for a bowl and their record is, is good enough. I, I think he'll have them motivated. He's done a great job, and I think this is another feather in their cap to be the preseason uh, favorite. As we said, the coaches weren't going to make the same mistake they made last year when they had him, what, sixth, right, in the in the East, and now they got him number one after winning. So, all right, anyway, back to the ACC so that you don't wind up getting lost and going to New Orleans instead of instead of going to, to, to uh, Charlotte. From a team perspective, Matt, um, where does Clemson stand in all of this for your, from your perspective? Florida State, I think, is, is certainly on a resurgence, and, and who else? Uh, I mean, I think that's your top tier right there. I think Clemson's, uh, you know, it, that game is going to be huge, and I think it, it's at the end of September, so it's one of the earliest conference games, and I believe it's in Death Valley, which is a big difference for them. But, I mean, Florida State, look, last year we had so many questions about the Seminoles, and then all of a sudden in that first game, they go down to, Louis, uh, to New- Louisiana, and they beat LSU, and we're like, wow, maybe we should take these guys seriously. This year... They get them in Florida. It's at a neutral site, but, of course, we know it won't be that neutral. Um, it's in week two. Uh, I think that will be something that tells us, was last year a flash in the pan, or is this year going to be another great year? So Florida State is slowly getting back to that team that we saw when we watched uh, the U uh, 30 for 30s, and it was all big, bad Florida State. Uh, Clemson's going to certainly have something to say about it, but I think Florida State is that team to watch for, especially week two when they play LSU. Can they get the sweep of the Tech LA quote-unquote home-and-home? And then that ACC showdown with Clemson uh, at Death Valley. You're right about that. It's actually September 23rd. So the Virginia-NC State game is a Friday night game because that's September 22nd. Florida State-Clemson is September 23rd, and that one is uh, is in Death Valley. Are you going to get a chance to talk to your old good old buddy Dave Clawson there from Wake Forest? I know you love interviewing Coach Clawson. I actually believe, if I remember from my list, I'm getting his quarterback. Um, and it's look, it's never that I have a problem with Dave Clawson, and you would agree with me, Bob, that he is a particularly interesting guy to interview. I have done very good interviews with him, ask one bad question, and then that's it. Like, it's downhill from there. But until that bad question, he's great. So, no, I don't have him. The only other coaches I have besides Tech and UVA are Dino Babers tomorrow, and they gave me Jeff Halfley from uh, Boston College, so I'll have to come up with some good stuff for him. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, obviously, look, with the North Carolina stations here, with um, the Florida stations here, we don't get everybody that we want. Um, but hopefully we'll catch up with some of our friends at the ACC Network. Uh, Alberto Riveron, the former NFL official, is the director of officiating for the ACC, and uh, we're hoping to schedule him for tomorrow. By the way, did you know that Chick-fil-A is not sponsoring the kickoff classic anymore? It's actually the AFLAC kickoff classic and we're hoping to have our good friend uh, gary stoken on tomorrow to talk about that and the change there um so that's some interesting things uh, some sidebars that we'll have besides the players and coaches wow what's on the media menu if chick-fil-a is not there my goodness matt what are you getting so last year they had some brief bojangles interludes um <laughs> and i'm a guy who has not had a lot of bojangles in my life um so that was uh, interesting 
Um, but yeah, usually uh, the best part of the interview is uh, when I'm done with Gary, he usually drops a, a free uh, chicken sandwich in my lap. It gives me a card for uh, Chick-fil-A. So I don't know if that'll be the case this year. They still sponsor the Peach Bowl, but they do not sponsor the opening kickoff game, which I believe next year or in two years, uh, Virginia will be in playing Tennessee, I want to think. And uh, Syracuse will also be in that game as well in the coming years. Well, Virginia and Tennessee are this year, too, right? That's the, the first game this season is Virginia and Tennessee in uh, Nashville, as a matter of fact. Um, well, look, if you if you pass my good buddy Dave Clawson in the hallway, just tap him on the shoulder and tell him I said hello, and, and, and that'll that'll certainly suffice. Um, well, we will tell him that we appreciate what he did for Kobe Turner as well. Absolutely. There you go. That That is your local connection uh, for sure. No doubt, no doubt about that. Kobe Turner now with the Rams, the one year at Wake and the four years before that at Red. All right, finish up with you, Matt, uh, with the guy who's going to start this whole thing off tomorrow. What do you expect out of Jim Phillips on several fronts? Um, you know, where the ACC, the health of the ACC and football in general, where it may be going, expansion, realignment, and then, of course, his unfortunate situation in this whole Northwestern uh, mess where his name has been included in uh, one of the lawsuits against them. So Jim Phillips usually gives about a 20, 25-minute opening speech. Uh, he is a big rah-rah guy. He will tell us about all the championships they won in the Olympic sports. He will give us all the positives of the PV contract and the grant of rights and everything. And um, uh, he will certainly, from what I could tell, he will briefly say one thing about the Northwestern thing and then not take any more questions on that. Um, but he's a guy who focuses on the positive, even when there's not a lot of positives. Um, you know, I'll be interested to see how he gets the expansion question. We've seen different answers from him. You know, Brett Mark was a guy who said, we're certainly open, but we're not, you know, actively looking. And I believe that's kind of along the same lines as what Greg Sankey said for the SEC. Um, so he's going to give a nice rah-rah speech. He is the best fan of his own conference, and uh, we'll see if the can get some more out of him that maybe uh, won't necessarily be positive. All right, that all starts uh, tomorrow morning with uh, Jim Phillips around 9 o'clock, and we'll continue for the next three days. And Matt Joseph will have us covered 3 to 6, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think we're still figuring out Thursday, but there should be plenty, certainly plenty to talk about. So drive safely the rest of the way down there, Matt, and enjoy your time at ACC football kickoff. Thank you, as always, Bob. There goes Matt Joseph driving down the road, heading to Charlotte, North Carolina. Look forward to hearing from him beginning at 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And as he mentioned, he will have the full contingent of our Virginia guys. So from UVA, that's head coach Tony Elliott, plus Chico Bennett, defensive end, Perry uh, Perry Jones, the running back, and Tony Musket, the transfer quarterback. And then Virginia Tech, along with Coach Pry, Josh Fugua, uh, Nick Gallo, the tight end, and Ali Jennings from right here in Richmond, who we mentioned the transfer most recently from uh, Old Dominion. Of course, that's game one, Virginia Tech and ODU, while Virginia gets Tennessee in that kickoff opener just, uh, what, about six weeks from our college football season. All right, one more break, and we'll wrap it up for a Monday, and then we won't talk to you again until at least Thursday. As I said, we're still figuring that one out, and certainly we'll be back on Friday uh, in studio, as a matter of fact. All right, finish it up after the timeout, 106.1 ESPN. 
There are a lot of questions that need to be answered. Is Sam Howell the man in D.C.? Can Dak Prescott and the Cowboys make it to the Super Bowl? Can Russell Wilson bounce back from last season's disaster with the Broncos? The answers begin in training camp. And we'll bring you the latest from each camp around the league. Here on 1061 ESPN Richmond. This was pretty fun. Actually, it was pretty fun for any day of the week. Um, hope you enjoyed it as well, whether you've been with us since 4 o'clock or just able to catch us in the 4 o'clock hour and now wrapping it up or throughout the 5 o'clock hour um, as well. Thanks to Adam uh, Kennedy from uh, Swim RVA, Richmond Region Tourism, bringing another event to our fair city this week with the USA Swimming Futures Championships, probably a couple of Olympians. We'll come out of that. I loved having Matt Josephs on with us on the road, heading down to the ACC kickoff days. And, again, uh, Matt takes the full three hours tomorrow and Wednesday for sure for all those interviews. And then we'll see where we're at going into Thursday. Either we'll kind of split it up a little bit or he'll take them again. I know for sure I'll be back on Friday because Greg Nivens will be in studio with us uh, on Friday. Um about the beer, bourbon, and barbecue festival. Looking forward to that for sure. Uh, Jadine's barbecue is going to be in with us, and I know Greg's bringing some of the bourbon samples. I know that doesn't translate very well over the air to all of you, but we'll give you a pretty good idea of what you could expect out there on Saturday at uh, the beer, bourbon, and barbecue festival. Um, Also, we're going to get some updates on Commander's Camp, which begins Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to a guy who you may have seen on some television commercials, and you may have seen on his own website as a sports broadcaster, uh, Darrell Owens. Uh, name might be familiar to you, might not, but we're going to introduce you to him. He's going to be up at Commander's Camp. He has the Legacy Makers Sports Network. You can go online and check it out. He's covered, blanketed, really, high school sports and some college sports and does a lot of live streaming, play-by-play, and is working for a television group up in the Maryland area, and we'll be covering both Commanders and Ravens camp. And he's going to join us for the first time on Friday afternoon. So that'll be, what, two, three days in to Commanders camp. He will have been up there for the Commanders' start of their camp Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then he's heading over to Ravens camp next week, and he'll be a, a, a guest, a contributor, I guess is a better word to use, from Ravens camp with us next week. And then we'll bring him back from time to time so that we do have a presence up there at Commander's Camp, and as a bonus, a little bit as Ravens Camp as well. So he's on Friday afternoon at 5.30 with us for the first time. So we'll get a pretty good lay of the land after three days of Commander's Training Camp, which starts uh, Wednesday up there in Ashburn. So looking forward to having Darrell Owens. Uh, If you want to know who he is, here's what you do. Google Mr. Rollback Walmart. Walmart Mr. Rollback. Take a look at some of those TV commercials. I'll bet he's a familiar face to you over the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, maybe a little bit more than that, 10, 15 years. Not doing it anymore, but back in the day. He was Mr. Rollback at Walmart. That could have been a trivia question and might still be. AJ, thank you over there. Uh, Again, Matt Josephs all the way, 3 to 6 tomorrow and Wednesday from ACC kickoff, the media days. And we'll be back uh, maybe Thursday, but certainly on Friday. So have a great week. We'll talk to you later in the week. And enjoy your evening. No Braves baseball tonight. They're back at it tomorrow in Boston. All right, that's it for us. 
Uh, Matt joins you tomorrow from Charlotte right here on 106.1 ESPN. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean.